Hello and welcome back to the That Got Me Thinking podcast. I'm your host Nat. This week we're talking about relationships, but mostly about the dynamics of those relationships and how those play out with every relationship we have. Not just romantic, but friendships, family, colleagues, everyone we have an interaction with, we have some sort of unconscious relationship with that. And we respond and react in each relationship in different ways. And as the therapist and author Esther Perel says, the quality of our relationships determines the quality of our lives. So I think as this week is Valentine's Day, I think it's a really good place to start to consider what we bring to those relationships, but in some places, what, if anything, they bring to us. This week, I was listening to Elizabeth Day's podcast, How to Fail, and her guest was the amazing author, Matt Haig. They were talking about the concept of being thin-skinned people, where they feel everything and take it all in. And I, for one, are definitely in the thin-skinned person's camp. (laughs) I feel people's emotions and situations. And as an introvert, I'm an observer. I notice and feel things others may not. I'm an empath by nature and I've tried to be more thick-skinned over the years because it helps people to brush things off easier, especially in relationships. But observing my thin-skinned self, I've realised my softness can be my superpower. And with that realisation comes responsibility for protecting that softness by choosing very carefully those relationships I have and how to put up my own barriers to protect that thin skin. Which leads me very nicely onto this week's guest. Her name is Sarah Ramsey and she's all about toxic relationships. Sarah's a coach with her own podcast and book entitled Becoming Toxic Person Proof. I hope you enjoy our conversation as much as I enjoyed having it with Sarah. Have a fabulous week. Take care. So that got me thinking podcast and today I have a special guest, Sarah Ramsey. Now when I first um, was introduced to Sarah, she said to me, I am known as the toxic person proof girl. And I thought, this sounds like my type of woman. Um, Sarah specialised in finding love and success after a toxic relationship and has her own podcast called, funnily enough, Toxic Person Proof. Welcome, Sarah. And my book, Toxic Person Proof, is coming out soon, probably by the time this release. No, amazing. Oh, okay, we'll go into that in a minute. But have I missed anything out, Sarah? Do I? Do our listeners need to know anything else about you? What have I missed out? Oh, you did a good job. So I'm a toxic relationship specialist who helps the world's most amazing people remember how amazing they are after a toxic relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, the biggest compliment of my life is to say I give children back their mothers. Yeah. Um, been through something horrible and uh and also a fun little game I play is I love to get my clients raises (laughs) because toxic relationship it's hard to make your best money at your most confused self yeah and confidence I'd imagine is is like old times yeah yes so you know they they joke and sometimes say I'm the success fairy but it's like (laughs) it's not that hard like you are already amazing and I help you clear your thinking, 
learn to trust yourself, connect with your confidence, and start solving problems that have solutions. Wow. It, that's the formula. It's not a secret, right? It's uh, uh, That's how it works. And then they could just go on to do amazing things after that because they feel like themselves again. Ooh, okay. Let's start at the beginning, Sarah. So what would you say like defines a toxic relationship? I know it's going to be so individual for different people, but what do most of your clients kind of resonate with a toxic relationship be in? So the best way I have found to explain it is a relationship where both parties are not playing by the same set of rules. Okay. Okay. Mm. So one person gets to make the rules. Mm-hmm. One person, that same person gets to break the rules. <laughs> yeah. That same person gets to enforce the rules. And the other parties, pers- their job is to follow the rules. At all costs. Yes, yes, yes. Um, I have crafted that for years. Um, and when you start getting into conversations about abuse and what means abuse and what is gaslighting, it just makes it really really confusing yeah and you're already confused if you're in a toxic relationship but but when you ask either you know who's making the rules of the relationship that's pretty easy to define another really easy thing to define is well who always gets the better end of the deal Mm -hmm. okay yeah so almost like taking it back to basics like relationships yes. as if as if you were almost in the playground like if we you know who would get yes the okay that's really perfect okay or who's do i mean if you are hoping a 40 year old man finally learns how to take turns when he should have <laughs> learned that on the playground that's also a great definition right do they know how to take turns yeah or is it always their turn and it's so interesting isn't it because it's because when we meet someone, we're usually our best selves, aren't we? And we, you know, we project yeah, an yeah. image and, you know, we've got all this going on. And then after a while you begin to see, okay, so they no, this is really them. And I guess that's when we, I guess with us, when we're seeing is, is there toxicity already or do we, does it chip away, I suppose, toxic or do we see it straight away? Oh, I love that conversation. Um, so one of my favorite phrases for figuring out if someone is toxic and not talking you out of yourself yeah, right because what I see if, if there were 13 year old girls or you and I Natalie were discussed talking when we were 13 and they said hey if someone is you know got a bad history of breakups or you never really know where they are or they're always looking at your phone but you can't see their phone or they're always jealous or they lose their temper really easily. Do you think those are red flags? 13-year-old girls would say yes. Mm-hmm. And 33-year-old girls ignore them. What <sighs> the heck is happening between those two situations? Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And um, we talk, my whole book, Becoming Toxic Person Proof, is about why we talk ourselves out of the red flags. Can you give us just one? I don't want to ruin your book. Could you tell us just one, Sarah, one like one reason why we would talk ourselves out? Yeah. Um, well, hurt people hurt people. Oh, that's good. You know, he had a bad childhood, so he gets a pass for being bad as an adult. Oof. And do we are we almost allowing that? And is that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I I don't want to put if someone's treated you badly, I don't want to blame 
you and put more blame on you because toxic people put so much blame on you. Um, So your bad behavior was not their, was not your fault. Their bad behavior, not your fault, not your problem. Yeah. And, and, um, and don't put up with it for as long. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'll add that. I'll add that too. It could be a both and conversation. Mm -hmm. And, I think about, are you familiar uh, with the story of the three little pigs and the big bad bull? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So think about the three little pigs because we hear about boundaries. Well, you teach people how to treat you. They wouldn't have done that if you hadn't been a doormat. Well, you should have had better boundaries. There's a lot of victim blaming in that yeah. as if somehow if you had strong boundaries, they would have a different personality. Mm, and that's okay. pretty ridiculous. Yes, it is. It's pretty ridiculous. Natalie, if you were extroverted or introverted or nice to me or mean to me, would that change my personality? Absolutely not. Right? But we think if we're sexy enough or nice enough or strong enough or enough good communicators that we can change their brain structure. Oh, that's such a mic drop, Sarah. That's like, wow. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. Can I ask another question? So, in terms of toxic relationships, could this be not romantic? Could this be like relationships, even like family relationships, friend relationships? I guess it hasn't got to be just romantically, has it? Did you find that if it's in one area, it's in many relationships in your life? Well, that's my favorite question because we put romantic relationships in this this category, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, uh, okay, Neville Chamberlain. Mm -hmm. Prime Minister of um, in the UK yeah. met Hitler, met Hitler and thought, well, picture. he's not that bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. He's not that bad. Okay. Yeah. Neville Chamberlain, I know now in history, it's easy to look back and say, oh, well, he should have this, he should have that. But for the most part, he was probably a brilliant human, a brilliant man, a brilliant situation, other than that one terrible, terrible yeah. mistake. And, um, when we put romantic relationships in this other category of like, if you have a boyfriend, you put up with bad behavior, you're stupid. But if I have a coworker or adult child or brother that I put up with bad behavior, I'm a good person. Mm. That is not fair. Yeah. That's really interesting. Not fair. Because the same people who are manipulating their girlfriends are manipulating their bosses. Wow. Because that's their brain structure. That's the way they relate. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. That's who they are. Mm-hmm. They're selfish. They don't take turns. Yes. They feel like the rules don't apply to and them. And I guess if that almost once this happened once on the playground, it's become learned behavior. So if they know yes. they can then get away with yes. it in one area, they will continue to get away with it everywhere else. Yes. Yes. But when we put this shame as if, you know, oh, you're such a doormat. Why'd you put up with that from your husband? God, I would have left him. I would have this. We, the, it replicates the cycle, right? Mm-hmm. Because bad families and tra- traumatic childhoods do affect cre- into creating traumatic adults. Yes. Okay. And then as a society, as a world, um, you're the second or, gosh, how many people have I talked to from the UK this week? Six, seven? Yay. <laughs> you know, this is a global issue, yeah. right? This is not just in certain areas. And um, when we put it in this separate category. What we say is don't, you can't really leave romantic or, you know, toxic family structures mm-hmm. because then you'll be stupid. 
you'll be blamed. People say you're a doormat. Mm. How dare you break up the family? Yeah. Um, and then it replicates the cycle because those toxic, uh, say a girl gets married, he takes the mask off. It could be girl or yeah. guy, but he takes the mask off. She takes the mask off and whoa, you realize you've made this huge mistake, mm-hmm. but you can't, if, if you got hired and you realized your boss was toxic and they fooled you, you could quit your job and everyone would be proud of yes. you. Yes. It's easier to quit your marriage in a different type of relationship. Absolutely. When it's, when it, yeah, you, it's almost the case yeah. of comfortable when it's a romantic relationship. It's like, oh, is it, is it the best of the devil you know? And all those kinds of conversations. Especially, yeah. I guess especially when there's children yeah. involved as well. And it perpetuates the cycle mm. and continues. We continue to create traumatized children from these, these situations. I'm not blame. Yeah. Please hear me. Yeah, I don't want. Yeah, I'm talking about how society should yeah. change. I don't want you to hear me say that I, you traumatize no, your no, children. No, I'm with you. Parents. I'm with you, Sarah. Yeah, but but you see, if society changes and it's like, wow, toxic people fool people. Oh, you got in a toxic romantic relationship and they fooled you. You should get out. Mm. If if that becomes the call, and how can I help you? If that becomes the conversation, well, well, do you need to work on your communication skills? Mm. Well, you should have sex more. Well, <laughs> you should be prettier. You should be more forgiving. Yeah. Maybe take him to church or whatever people would say. Mm. It perpetuates the cycle. Wow, it's so true. And I guess, yeah, society is kind of giving you a blueprint and maybe that's the blueprint you know from yeah. your parents. And then it's almost like this lineage of trauma and and these relationships yes. continuing and it's almost like you think that's normal also because that's what you've seen your parents do or your grandparents do and it's only when you start to question you're not only questioning yourself you're questioning your whole like family of origin essentially yes and there's so much bravery for Ooh, people yeah. who break away from toxic parents um toxic business deals toxic siblings one of the most difficult things is, you know, people with adult children. I, I talked to uh, the lady Freedom from Abuse.org. I think she's based in the UK um, and talked, had a conversation with her this morning. And she said one of the biggest rises in abuse, and I hate to use the A word. I hardly ever use the A word, but she did. One of the biggest rises in abuse is adult children abusing their parents yeah. or children just really being horrible to their parents mm-hmm. or you know, saying, I'll kill myself if you don't do, if I don't get to go to that party or, you know, manipulating them, tricking them. It, it's a, what an incredibly difficult situation for parents who are trying to do right by their kids. Oof. Well, how much is too much? When do you give up? When is it no longer boundaries, but you are not a safe person for me to be around? If you happen to be you know, my adult child, my 21 year old yeah, child. Yeah, and when can you feel, and I guess there's so much shame involved in that, isn't there? There's so much like guilt yes. and layered and parenthood is a is a guilty one anyway, but layering on that yeah. on top, it's like <laughs> a huge, um, where do you go with that? So it's really interesting. Funnily enough, I, in my work, I, I deal with similar issues with um, adolescent parent violence. It's really interesting to hear how possibly that could have stemmed from something else and then that can just be taken into a different perspective. It's so interesting. Wow, Sarah, okay, this is amazing. Um, I've got a question for you then. Has there been an event or something happened in your life that has completely changed your outlook or your perspective, how you think about things? 
um, I worked at a school where a cheerleader was shot in her bed by her boyfriend. Oh my goodness me. So, and it made national news. Looks like the perfect situation. And she was killed in her bed. And I started a mental health campaign for a school system uh, that grew to other schools, you know, other schools and other situations. And I recognized that children had lost their mothers, you know, and I'm not putting blame on this girl's mother, but it, it, as I was discovering, because it's one thing to tell teens, oh, here's red flags here to recognize. Um, and it's another thing for them to be, be, for their mothers to be able to be present with them again, for their mothers to be able to be, have the tools to teach them. You know, I can teach them some stuff at the school, but uh, it's different when their mother's smiling again. They see their mother well-loved. By themselves as well, not just by others. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Uh, which is where it starts, right? I always joke with women, you know, if they're committing to a healing journey or stuff, and they'll say, well, you know, it's been two or three months. I think I feel better. I was like, oh, man, two or three months to heal you from 25 years of a toxic relationship. Wow, I really am good. Uh, you know, <laughs> or, or whoever's good, you know, and, um, and I, or women who never enter into the healing journey. They never do anything. And I'll say, so let me get this, and I'm, I'm saying this with a grain of salt and a bit tongue-in-cheek. But it's so you want a guy to commit to you, but you have no interest in committing to yourself. That is, is that what I'm hearing? Mm. And that's the reality, isn't it? The reality is that yeah. if we don't value ourselves, why would we imagine anyone else to? And toxic people manipulate you. I am not blaming people who have been in toxic relationships. Mm. And at the same time, I'm saying, what are you going to do about it now? Yeah. Is it a case of sometimes you can't see it and what you don't know, you don't know. And then all of a sudden, the, like the blind, the, the, yeah, it, you can see it for what it is. And someone points out, look, this is toxic. I guess then you then comes decision making, doesn't it? Then comes, OK, yeah. do I have to change this? Or maybe, like you say, maybe I don't. But then I also have to live with this. And so do my children, possibly. And, you know, this is going to impact me in so many different ways. Yeah. And there was a, I remember one lady I was talking to and he had been cheating on her. So it was a very obvious, easy thing to see compared to covert or subtle, you know, manipulation. Mm, Gaslighting. Yeah. And right. She was beautiful and that kind of thing. And he cheated on her multiple times. And I said, Oh, and she's like, well, I'm just really scared to leave. And I said, well, are you more scared to leave? Are you more, more scared to give this 10 more years and start dating them? Oof. Yeah. Right. Mm. Is dating going to be more fun when you're 50? Yeah. Yeah. I doubt it. I seriously <laughs> doubt it. Right? I mean, I could be wrong. I don't have a I don't have a magic ball, but I I, I seriously doubt that and you're going to be happier. Yeah, like dating in 10 years from now. 10 years of your and so say like another 10 years of your life. What you could have done in that 10 years. We have one precious life, don't we? And what you could have done in those 10 years, but you're almost like living with eggshells to to continue something that's not even good for you and you're aware of it is so I think that's even that's really difficult in itself because it feels so suffocating yeah well and in this situation this woman's children were saying please leave really 
And I want anyone, if your children are saying, please leave him or please leave her, I want that to sink in. Because people mm-hmm. tell me that, and then they kind of gloss over it as if they were like, hey, we had tacos for dinner. Yeah, my kids asked me to leave him, too. It's like, what? I mean, wow. You yeah. know? Because um, we say we stay for the kids. But the kids just... can see it, can't they? They can see a lot more than yeah. we give them credit for. And they read people so well. They observe people. They get they check into people's vibes, and they know what is going on. And maybe all you can give your kid is 50% of peace and 50% of joy and 50% of a safe place and 50% of a house where no one's screaming at each other or mm-hmm. 50% of a parent, you know, if, if you're a hundred percent done your own work and healed and feel confident and are able to show them what healthy relationships looks like, that's, that's 50% more than they are getting now. That is so true. That is so true. And almost, you know, my good and my good enough today is all I can offer, and that's it, that in itself is good enough. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Oof. And oh, kids need that sense of peace from a parent. And in a toxic situation, there is no peace to be found yeah. because there's no internal peace. And also, like you know, if a parent or was going through, like you say, a toxic relationship at work, and they're maybe being bullied or things are going on, and I think even like showing your children that you, this is what boundaries are, and this is what healthy boundaries are, and that's why we have to put them there because it's what we are showing the world that we will allow, I suppose. Well, there was someone I was interviewing, and for my podcast, I did not use her. I was not able to confidently use her interview, mm-hmm. um, but I said, you know what? what do you want to teach teens about bullies? And she said, well, we need to be nicer to bullies. And oh. I disagreed adamantly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, uh, or, <laughs> or stay away from them. You know, one of the options is stay away from them. Um, and, and I know you can't always, but if you, it's a boss or something or a, you know, even a parent, I mean, you don't have to have, I hear people say, well, it's their grandparent. I should have my kids around a grandparent. And it's like, no, you should have your kids around someone safe for them. And you should have your kids around someone who's teaching them what healthy relationships look like. Mm. And that's so interesting because I do some coaching in, in schools with teenagers and I've got teenagers myself and what they pick up on from other people is astounding and this the culture and and you know social media is so intoxicating that there's almost we need to like reintroduce what that means and i don't think maybe in mainstream education particularly in the uk that that is addressed healthy relationships and actually what that means and what that looks like because we've all got a different version so i think that's so true that really resonates completely well yeah you know and teachers there was a story of, um, it's in my book and I had a friend and she said, well, my daughter put the, my daughter's sitting beside the class bully because he always kicks. So the teacher told her that she handled his handles him the best. I've heard so much. Yeah. I about flipped my lid and I said, so you're teaching her that she's good at getting kicked. Yeah. Oh, wow. But I can, I think we can all, 
think of a time when we've been that little girl maybe as a bigger as a bigger woman but when we have allowed ourselves to be that person that's been kicked whether that's in romantic relationships or even just sometimes with friends wherever that looks like but absolutely we can all resonate with that and also how maybe we're taught as women to kind of you know be nice and be quiet and you know be good and be do all these things and comply with people I think there's a lot to be said for the messages we give young girls and and women also in society well and I want to point out that little girl was not codependent yeah she was not broken she's not her parents her dad treats her mom better than anyone I know treats their I mean they have a very healthy and stable I've known these people for years a very very happy and stable home life uh plenty of money Plenty of everything, right? Mm. And this little girl was having her kindness used against her. Yes. Mm. And but so many times in relationships, people say, "Oh, were you codependent? Oh, were you a doormat? Oh, were you think uh, of a girl?" Yes. Because we can all have our kindness used against us if we're not if we're not careful with it. And that's my, that's my mission. And my message is that just because you experienced a toxic, any type of relationship, Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily that you were a codependent doormat. No, there are other options. Yeah. There are other things that could happen. It hasn't got to be the stereotype of that. You know, we can all be very, you know, can be very different to that. Oh, Sarah, I got one last question. What? What does every woman need to know? And I think I'm going to know the answer to this, but what, you know, in terms of your messaging, what is something that every woman needs to know? Typically, my answer to that is look for relationships where people play by the same set of rules. Yeah. Okay. And I'm also going to add, since I talked about that in depth, I'm also going to add, there is life after, Mm -hmm. right? There is life after. Oh, gosh. I mean. All the multitude people joke and say, "Oh, did you have a did you have a toxic relationship?" I said, "You're giving me a lot of credit for saying there was just one, <laughs> right? <laughs> You're giving me a lot of credit, and um, and saying there is life after there is life where there are relationships out there, there are experiences, there are people yeah. living who aren't living in drama every day, and there aren't they aren't trying to earn love all the time." that's real that's a real thing for people yeah and they're not more special than you no sarah this has been amazing where can people find out more about your work and your book and what's going on for you so i run the facebook group finding love and success after a toxic relationship um that is definitely the one of the places to find me um my podcast toxic person proof is ranked uh, globally um as one of the top podcast and mental health it just keeps growing and getting better um and uh the yeah so i i do coaching for people um group and private coaching for women who have had their kindness used against them and my results are astounding i talked about them a little and it's not me like it's not that like i i mean i'm pretty great too but it's (laughs) not that i'm so great right it's that i give women back to themselves and clear the confusion teach them to trust themselves again and teach them to how to have how to solve problems that actually have solutions rather than banging their head against the door of toxic people problems all the time wow it's like that old thing isn't it why are we doing the same thing and expecting different results and there you absolutely there comes sarah with the different results wow 
Okay. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me, Natalie. No, it's been my absolute pleasure. And I will link um, kind of your social media to the show notes when I do this so people will be able to find where you are. Thank you so much, Sarah. It's been so enlightening. And I, yeah, I've loved having you on the podcast. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, everyone. Have a great week. Bye, Sarah. Bye.